Welcome to Talking Jazz. My guest today is Erica Zegrin, and she has a beautiful, gorgeous new album with her orchestra together with her working partner, Sean Baker. And we're going to talk about some of that music. So welcome, Erica. Hi, Monica. It's great to talk to you. <laughs> it's great to have you. You know, it's we've been going in similar circles, but I don't think we actually get to talk to each other at some point. It's, you know, I just know of your work. I've seen you conducting and, and all these good things. So tell us a little bit, who is Erica? How did you get into <laughs> this music and standing in front of an orchestra and writing gorgeous music? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. Cause like you could go from many avenues, but actually like, I think I remember like I think I first, we first got to know each other actually through the woman in jazz organization. There was that project where they had like over 40 of us record like an arrangement of alone together online. So that was where like, I think we first Mad, I put that in quotes because it was really just mostly just over internet emails and messages and stuff like that. But see, I guess as a composer, I first, so I took piano lessons, started taking piano lessons, relatively speaking, at a late age. I mean, it's not late for, you know, like, nor, like when someone would think about, oh, like, you know, just kind of musician for fun. But like, you know, a lot of um, pianists, I know they, they start lessons when they're like four or five years old. I started when I was nine. So I started making up songs though when I was 10. So I would go into my room and it was kind of like my safe space. I would um, go into my room, close the door, had a key small keyboard in there, I turned the volume all the way to the lowest level and I would just make up songs, you know, all day. And back then it was the days of tape recorders. So I would take a tape recorder and I would record these. And then when I would run out of room or run out of tapes, I would record over those. So I would eventually lose these pieces, but usually I haven't committed to memory for long periods of time. But so that's how I started. I started making up songs when I was 10. I didn't write them down or anything down though until I was about 14, I think. I think I just finished middle school. And I finally wrote down my first, I finally got some really cheap software. It's called Cakewalk Score Writer. So it wasn't like Sibelius or Fnatic Music or anything like that. It was some really cheap software that had a lot of bugs in it. Started writing these songs down when I was 14. I wrote my first, and, and these songs earlier on were mostly either piano just solo piano songs or piano with clarinet because I also played clarinet all the way through high school but I wrote my first big band chart when I was 15 and it was a total failure is like one of those cry in the corner moments I wrote like you know the, all the trombone voicings really low and close together and wasn't careful with my accidentals and tried to sound aka a little bit Glenn Miller-ish and that didn't work out and I had these weird ways of writing chords back then um that probably wasn't very effective. So yeah, it was, had some cry in the corner learning experiences early on. I loved making up music and I loved composing. So I just kept going at it and I wrote all some other stuff. I wrote some like chamber stuff. I even wrote, tried my hand writing a couple band piece, the concert band pieces. And then I went to study jazz composition at the Eastman School of Music. And I studied there, um, Bill Dobbins with my primary Sure. And then after that, I did my grad school at William Patterson in jazz arranging. And I got to say with Rich DeRosa and Jim McNeely. And that 
That was a real treat. Yes. And then what happened was I met Sean, Sean Baker, co-leader of this jazz orchestra through grad school. And so almost immediately after we graduated, in fact, kind of like an extension of like our graduate recital, we started a big band. And so we performed our first um, big band performance in 2011 at what was then something jazz club. They don't exist anymore, but that was in Manhattan. And then we started booking a bunch of other gigs throughout the years in the city. And that's when I started slowly becoming a conductor. Hmm. So I didn't become a conductor because I was like, oh, I'm going to sending out to become a conductor. In fact, conducting really only came out of necessity because I feel like I think it's getting better. But I think there was this kind of stigma in kind of jazz world that if you want your charts played, you had to either be a performer in the band or you had to conduct. You couldn't just have your charts played is um which is kind of weird because in the classical realm in that classical world you could just be a composer you bring your charts into whatever philharmonic or orchestra and they'll play you don't have to, you aren't expected to conduct or play but i figured i would never hire myself in my own big band as a pianist um, i figured okay i would just try my hand at conducting and that was a huge learning experience over the years but Um, I felt like over time and working on my charts, Sean's charts, experimenting, we at one point had a monthly gig in New Jersey. So that was really where I got to start experimenting a little bit. Let me try this gesture. Let me try conducting less. Let me try conducting more. Let me approach it this. And that's how I really started getting into conducting. And then that led into starting to be asked to conduct for other ensembles, which I love. And it's like a really fun challenge. So I'd say that's about where we're at. And then we've wanted to record a big band album for a really long time. Like I said, our jazz orchestra was um, the Erica Sibbe and Sean Baker Orchestra. We've been together since 2011. Starting around 2013, we wanted to record an album, but there was a bunch of blocks. There was some financial blocks, but there was also some blocks related to mental health, some blocks related to self-doubt, some blocks related to kind of that imposter syndrome, fears. So there was a lot of this, this kind of junk that started coming up as we talked about it. And between that and the financials, it really put us off for many, many years before we even went to the recording studio. So in 2019, though, we like after a lot of work, after a lot of trying to get better mental health wise, we went finally to the recording studio and COVID happened. So during our editing and mixing, we had to do all of our, well, we could talk more about that later, but essentially our album's finally going to release 2023. Right. Well, th- thank you for that intro. I, I would say, you know, because your charts are beautiful and extensive, let's, let's get as much music in as we can. So I would say let's, let's listen to the first one and then we can talk a little bit about the musical process too so this first one is called real and this is one of yours right yes anything you want to send the listeners along with to to go into this this piece was um, inspired actually initially by an impulse purchase of a hammer dulcimer so i was on vacation um near Asheville, north carolina um there's this town called black mountain and there's this like shop where they actually handmade these hammer dulcimers and there's this one that was on consignment that was a little cheaper because the markings they're supposed to be marked 
to show where the major scales are, where one of the markings got off. So it was heavily discounted. So I made an impulse buy, I think it was like a $400 hammer dulcimer and <laughs> just impulse bought it. Started learning some Celtic tunes on the instrument, um, eventually picked up a penny whistle and um, I figured at some point, okay, I'll try my hand at writing my own reel. That's what you're going to hear. Definitely get your Irish dancing shoes on. That's the one. All right. So let's listen to reel, which is from the new album, The New Day Bends Light by the Erika Segrin Sean Baker Orchestra.
That was real, a composition by my guest today, Erica Segrin, who is also the co-leader of the Erica Segrin John Baker Orchestra. And we're listening to selections of their new album, The New Day Bends Light. And it's actually the new and the first and the inaugural and, and the very special album. So as we can hear, this is not your regular combo nor your regular big band. This is an orchestra, as it says. And um, arranging and writing for a large group like this takes takes some skills and and you guys have a very special approach you know it's it's very open G give us a little glimpse at your writing process and and how you approach this especially for this large group i love i like i like to think about any ensemble as like almost kind of like painting right or like coloring like you have a set of crayons you know mm -hmm. you might have like anywhere from just a few basic colors to a whole, to like a 64 set to like your whole mega, every color, including Robin's Egg, Ness, Blue and Purple Mountain Majesty colors, you know, any range of that. And so I've always loved the idea of like orchestrations in different colors and always loved harmonies. And the way that I believe, um, why I feel that Sean's music and my music complement each other well. I mean, while there's a lot of things that are different about our approach and our writing, I feel that neither of us try to approach it like writing typically for a big band. For example, with even Real, which is probably the most straight ahead chart on the um, album, I try to think about, okay, what is the essence of this chart? And, you know, the essence was to create first a reel that was as authentic as possible. So I did even things like, you know, I had a bunch of several flutes play at the beginning and even did things like purposely write where the melodies were off with each other just a little bit, just to get the right amount of sloppiness. Because when you're playing at a session, some everyone know, learns the tune slightly differently or might put different embellishments on it. So I try to emulate that. When I'm approaching it, I'm not trying to think so much, okay, like here's my head, here's the intro, here's the shout section. I'm trying to think about what is the essence of the piece? How can I develop it? How can I creatively come up with something using the instruments and musicians that we have and the individual voices of the band? Yeah, I think a lot very much orchestrally a lot of times. I think almost sometimes more as like a classical composer would than I would as a jazz composer, although there's a ton of jazz in there or the approach of that. That I do a lot of like sketching and just thinking big forms. I write a lot of descriptions. I try to a lot of I guess maybe one thing also that I and I believe Sean approaches music as is I've always liked um that kind of visceral experience. You like like see a painting and you start seeing looking at the brush strokes and all of a sudden you feel like you're immersed inside the painting. So that was kind of like my approach a lot when I'm writing music is I want to immerse the listener in this world. I don't want them to just observe it kind of from the side. I want them to be in that world. I think that's also something I love a lot about Sean's music because I believe Sean's music does that a lot as well. So I would say that that's kind of like, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff as far as our approach, but I would say in a nutshell, that's kind of been some things about my approach to writing. I like, I like that description of being inside and going on a journey with it, because that's really how it feels like in this next one, especially, you know, with all the 
intro it starts small flute and piano and then you go on a journey and it change the tempo and here comes the anger and, and then it pulls back again so i would say let's go on that journey and and have a listen and and just just come along for the ride you know just oh, be open for for the adventure so this next one is called states and it's written by your partner in crime here sean baker this is the Erika Segrin Sean Baker Orchestra from their new album, The New Day Bends Light.
called States, I would say, a composition by Sean Baker. And it's from the new album, The New Day Bends Light, the Erika Seguin Sean Baker Orchestra. We kept switching between the two of you pieces. The next one is something that's actually arranged. There's words to it. There's conversations and trombone. It's called Ose Shalom. And, you know, I would I assume, I guess, there's a Jewish tradition that you both have. And share share with us a little bit what, what the song is about and, and, and the meaning of those um, traditions for you. So actually, Sean isn't Jewish. I uh, grew up... I grew up half Jewish though. So, and a very strong Jewish upbringing. So I'd go to synagogue every Sunday for Hebrew school, plus Jewish holidays. I had a bat mitzvah, but Sean wasn't Jewish. So it was just me, <laughs> the Jewish tradition. Oh, Seshalom, this was one of the things I loved most about going to synagogue actually was the music. And between the melodies of the songs that were sung, which always was, especially when I was a kid, I was biased towards my minor key songs. Like, I love minor key songs. So like, like I was obsessed with them. In fact, when I would hear like a major key song, I would be like, eh. But, it was like, but the cool thing was a lot of these songs were in minor keys. And between that and the language, which was absolutely gorgeous, we'd be singing these songs. And I'd feel probably, one of the closest feelings I would get to any sort of spiritual connection. I don't really necessarily believe in a God per se, you know, now, but I do believe in like that everything's energy. I believe that there's, you know, a sense of higher connection, whether it's to God or not, feeling a connection. And that closest connection, one of the closest connections I would get would be singing these songs. And ironically, when I would actually look at the translation, the translation would often ruin it for me because there was something mystical about singing these songs in another language where you're just hearing like the tone of the words, you're hearing the melody and you're not thinking so much about meaning, which is actually, you know, part of this arrangement too is about kind of that healing idea of nonverbal communication. So like I noticed that's for me, like helped me get through some of my mental health issues. Sometimes just freely chanting or singing melodies was very healing. So, which was kind of like when I was growing up and singing these songs in Hebrew school. Now, Ose Shalom was one of my favorites, might've been my, my favorite um, song to sing in synagogue growing. And I thought at the time, oh, that the melody was just traditional. I found out later on, someone told me actually that Nurit Hirsch wrote that melody, but I never knew that when I was growing up. I was just thinking, oh, it's just a traditional song, you know, kind of like how, a lot of songs that we just sing in grade school are traditional. It's a beautiful melody that Nurit Hirsch wrote. The words themselves, like I said before, while I'm not a huge fan of translations, the um, words are taken from the Kaddish prayer. Like if you um, ever like uh, talk through the mourner's Kaddish, you'll see Oseh Shalom Bimramav, Huyaseh Shalom, Amen. You'll see that at the very end. But I found that this was very beautiful and so i tried to in this arrangement open this up to the idea of chanting a lot so you're going to hear a lot of different elements in here of various forms of chant or toning very cool well thank you for sharing this and helping us understand so yes it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous melody and i the singing is wonderful so 
let's just lean back and get our state of mind into the spiritual <laughs> setting <laughs> and, and enjoy this. So this is uh, called Ose Shalom, and it's from the new album, The New Day Bends Light by the Erika Seguin Sean Baker Orchestra.
from the album The New Day, Ben's Light, by the Erika Segerin, Sean Baker Orchestra. And Erika is my guest today, talking about um, the composition process and talking about this gorgeous new album. This next piece is actually one that you wrote, Hangoing with Delusion. And, you know, you you mentioned earlier that uh, the, the battle sometimes with anxiety with mental health issues not sure the delusion here has something to do with it but I, I'd love for you yes. to to share because I think you're not alone and there's a lot of others that need to hear how to overcome and how to work with with the issues I totally agree with you Monica I think it's absolutely important I mean to sidetrack slightly away from the music just for a second here I feel that I think it's gotten a lot better over the years like I remember when I was in college I felt so alone with my struggles like depression 
maybe worse than depression. And I always felt like if there was just someone else I knew that was going through these things, maybe I wouldn't have made some of the choices I did. Maybe I wouldn't have struggled as much. And I do think, unfortunately, like I said, while it's getting better, I think there's a stigma still. So like, oh, we got to look like we're successful. And as soon as you like, or don't bring your personal shit with you, or don't or pull yourself up. There, there's still all that out there. And one of the best things healing wise for me was more acceptance that I was struggling through this stuff. And while of course it doesn't feel okay, it's okay. It's about acceptance and then kind of being with that part of you that's very vulnerable. Saying that's okay, somehow that helps because that part feels safer at least. It might not make everything better, but at least there's that safety there. So a lot of my music, not all of it, but a lot of it explores themes of mental health, mental illness, psychological stuff. Tangoing with delusion is definitely one of them. In fact, it's one of my, say maybe like one of the top, my top three favorite pieces I've ever written, I think. I, re I really like it. I And actually of all the ones um, I conduct with my band, I think it's the one that's most fun, mostly because I don't necessarily need to do a lot, but I can exaggerate these expressions that are going on. I, I think it's a very fun piece. It's fun too, to kind of watch. There's this, so Tingling with Illusion in a nutshell is about this psychological battle between kind of this rational and imaginary. The idea is that what starts off rational is just getting pulled tempting, just, you know, some light temptation. It could be a romantic obsession. It could just be, happiness could just be elation as always just slightly out of reach you know from the rational brain so you're kind of obsessively chasing it more and more and more until you're kind of swirling into this world of psychosis so i kind of liken this to a tango it's like you know this passionate push and pull dancers you know, a lot of anger, there's passion, there's love, there's obsession. I definitely heard a tango with this. And I also heard the idea of this kind of battle. So I had essentially two different instruments and two different musicians represent these two sides. So there's Ben Kono is representing on alto saxophone, this kind of quote unquote normal self that is eventually going to go through this journey of obsession, psychosis. And he is tempted by these um, imaginary delusions, which is represented by John Lake on trumpet. So he's supposed to be kind of like sweet and very kind of alluring. And so it's just the idea was written to be this back and forth and kind of spinning down to a spiral. And I've always found this very fun to conduct because it's kind of like I get to watch drama club auditions. And <laughs> that's very cool. And then I love your your description here that, you know, that'll be really cool to follow along. And yes, there's definitely some cool tangoing going on. So let's let's have a listen. But the tangoing with delusion, usually we think it's going all into illusion, but <laughs> the delusion has to be part of it and we'll be battling it out. And this is from the brand new album, The New Day Bends Light by the Erika Seguin Sean Baker Orchestra. Here we go.
That was Tangoing with Delusion, a composition by my guest today, Erica Seguin. And as I understand, one of her favorite compositions from the New Day Bands Light album by the Erica Seguin and Sean Baker Orchestra. It's been a really, really special journey to go the, through these orchestral compositions and get all these timbres and instruments and voicings. And we have time for one last one. So we'll do one more of your tunes. And the tire swing keeps spinning. Of course, you'll have to explain to us. I mean, I kind of have my guesses. I mean, something that keeps going on and on and on and on and yeah. on. But also also tell us, I mean, what, what what's next? What's coming up for you? Any Anything to... Watch for, let people know, or give us also the website on on where to find all the information and then get us into this spinning. So um, as far as what's coming up, the album is releasing March 31st. Oh, my album is releasing March 31st also. (laughs) Um, We are going to have a CD release party at Birdland April 2nd. So from 5.30 to 7 p.m. We are planning to also try to book some other shows related to our release. Like we'd like to do something in New Jersey because even though I live in New York City now, I live in New Jersey for 13 or 14 years and it'd be nice to do a release party there. And Sean lives in New Jersey too. So that would be nice to have something kind of on that side of the river. I'd like to maybe possibly like do something up in Albany, just because that's where I grew up. Maybe some play a show in Boston. So we'd like to do some shows related to our release. You can find our album on Camp. I mean, there'll be other, you can, I mean, you can get it off of Amazon as well, or the streaming platforms. After that, I mean, we'll just be continuing to play in New York City, hopefully scrapping the funds together and do a second album at some point, because that'd be really wonderful. There's a lot more music that wasn't recorded. In fact, when we um, gave a list to our producer, Darcy James Argue, we actually had the problem of too much music. You can find my website at www.ericaseguin.com, E-R-I-C-A-S-E-G-U-I-N-E. You can also find our band website, www.essbjo.com, which we actually need to update. And you can find Sean Baker, www.shannonbaker.com. What keeps swinging and spinning? So this is another of those actually pieces related um, to mental health, actually, or mental illness. So I've always likened the analogy of going through a depression episode as like a tire swing spinning. So when I was in elementary school, my then best friend and I, we would take turns pushing and spinning each other in a tire swing. And what we would do is whoever was doing the pushing or spinning would kind of make up a story. And then so whoever, whoever was actually inside the tire kind of going for the ride, between that kind of dizziness of spinning around and the story, you kind of like lose your bearing of reality. And so you kind of immersed in whatever story there is. When I've struggled with depressive episodes in the past, I've kind of visually saw that analogy of that tire swing spinning. So one thought leads to another and soon enough, you're on this rumination spinning that you can't stop. And then you kind of end up in a dark place. And sometimes what comes out of it, there could be a bunch of different things that come out of that. There can be the sense of hopelessness. There can be a sense of rage. There can be a sense of just losing touch with reality. This piece is supposed to kind of represent that journey from like this kind of innocence, but kind of already eeriness 
through this long journey, through rumination, through a dark abyss, rising in rage, ending in this very dissociative kind of episode. And the one constant throughout this for musical nerds out there is that there's this 12 tone row. that's consistent throughout one way or another, whether it's in the melody, whether it's in the bass, whether it's an inversion, whether it's retrograde, there's always that constant and it goes through these transformations, kind of that depressive episode or that tire swing spinning. I really appreciate you sharing all, all these insights. You know, it, it makes the music so much more special when you can go into it and, and you have the information and you can imagine and, and you know where it comes from. So thank you, Erica, for sharing. Thank you, Monica. Good luck with everything. And... We'll be partying away on March 31st. It'll be yeah, I know. I was like, I'm excited for your release. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the album. It's called The New Day Bands Light on Bandcamp on Erica Seguin, S-E-G-U-I-N-E dot com websites. Make friends, buy often and listen all the time. Here is, and the tire swing keeps spinning. listening to Talking Jazz. My guest today was composer and conductor Erika Seguin. 
You can hear Talking Jazz every Thursday at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 7 p.m. on WETF 105.7 in South Bend, Indiana, or online at jazzradiowetf.org, and Fridays at 8 p.m. on WICR 88.7, Indianapolis. Previous shows are also on my YouTube channel, Monica Hersig, M-O-N-I-K-A-H-E-R-Z-I-G. Please subscribe to the Talking Jazz playlist. Thank you for listening.